Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org. So tonight I'm going to continue on strength. I want to deal with a this concept, if you want to call it that, of strength revealed. It's really, I mean, it's such a continuation of this morning that we're, the scriptures are going to overlap. I'm going to use a lot of the same scriptures he used. Thank you, buddy. Tell your daddy he owes you $5. Oh, man. I'm overwhelmed tonight, guys. I'm sorry. I'm trying to bring it in to deal with us stuff, but family excites me. Healthy family excites me. Uh, if you want to go ahead and turn in your... Uh, you know what? Don't. I lied. Just hang out a second. So, uh, Dad, before we had even talked, planned out this weekend, I had no idea that he was actually going to be teaching on strength. Uh, I called him. I believe it was Wednesday, is that right? I called him on Wednesday and said, hey, Holy Spirit just hijacked, for lack of a better term, my prayer time this morning just, it was literally, I don't know if you've ever had those moments where you walk into your prayer time and before you even get started, it's like he's there ready to just talk. It's like he's thinking, if you would just hurry up and get in here and shut up. I want to tell you some stuff. And it was like that as I walked into the sanctuary on Wednesday morning. Um, before I even really got into prayer, uh, he just began to speak to me on strength and said some specific things. So I called Dad. Uh, Dad was uh, gone. They were out of town. Or you were coming back from Texas, something like that. We weren't together. And I called him. I said, hey, God is speaking specifically on strength. As I was getting out of my mouth, he was about speaking in tongues and crying on the phone he said, God has been telling me some of the same things, and just begin to, we begin to go back and forth on this strength and what was happening, what he was saying. Uh, within, what, a couple of hours of our conversation, you got the text from Jennifer, right? I mean, it was right within the same, I mean, it wasn't no time later. I just left the church. I was in my truck driving. Dad texted me and said, Jennifer just texted me and said that God told her, um, Satan is, how does it go? He's using weariness to weaken the church and that we needed to be strengthened. So it was along the same line. So when God uses three different people within a 24-hour period to pinpoint one subject, we literally begin to shift and, and rearrange the entire weekend to build it around what God was saying. Uh, that being said, we dove into this. We begin to study and pray and research and so much came up and in the middle of my researching uh you're just in this thing of trying to figure out how do I explain this strength how do you explain a spiritual strength the terminology God began to use with me in prayer that morning was spiritual strength and I had to be honest with dad and tell him that this was not a normal uh language for me personally in my prayer time was the terminology of spiritual strength or spiritually strong, even though it's something you know is important. Anyway, that being said, I begin to research, and then all of a sudden, just God is so good in the middle of it, me asking, what is it to be spiritually strong? What does it look like to be strong in the Lord? All these kinds of things. God in his grace blessed me by showing me exactly what it looks like to be strong in the Lord, and I just happen to have it right here if I can get it up for y'all. 
show y'all what it looks like. It may not load. My phone's trying to control the computer right now. It's not working. Courtney, you're back there. Pull up my picture. And I'm going to show you what it means to be strong in the Lord. This is the newest statue in Korea. And this is their depiction of Jesus. And I thought it was awesome because about a week or so ago, I was preaching on a Sunday morning. I was describing Jesus, and I described him as having a six-pack. And then I laughed. I was like, oh, no, he probably don't. And now I'm convinced that maybe we just have the wrong view of Jesus, and the man in Korea has it right because this Jesus is legit. Somebody posted this picture, and they posted it with the hashtag, Lord, give me thy gains. And so this thing has been blowing up the internet. It's been so good. One of them said this statue of Jesus uh, depicts him uh, that as showing him that the Last Supper was all protein. Uh, so anyway, it was just so good when I seen this and we were studying on strength. I was like, God, I love your humor. Uh, that was awesome that this just came up. So Courtney, you can put my real title up. No one will pay attention if we leave that up there. Um, but now you know when you go into prayer, now you have an idea of what Jesus looks like. I doubt he's that pale white, but he's got to be that jacked. All right. So let's get into this tonight. I wanted to start with that as well and share this because this weekend can become so heavy. I mean, we dealt with a, Taylor brought a word Saturday night. It's so good. I came back over here early today and got it on our podcast. It's on there right now. You can go listen to it. Don't right now. Wait till I'm done. Then go home and listen to it. But it is so good. And then this morning on strength and understanding we do have an enemy. It can become heavy. It can be a lot to take on. But I kept being reminded of, uh, if you want to jot this down, Nehemiah 8 and 10. It says, do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. I love this scripture. And isn't it so crazy? Have you ever noticed when you start realizing you're weak, you'll also realize you've lost your joy? You, you will never be spiritually weak and still live in joy. Because the joy of the Lord is your strength. And they're so connected. So that even becomes a very good, uh, what do you want, what I call that? Maybe a barometer or a warning sign, a red flag. Thank you, Sister Beth. That when I'm not living in joy, I must be spiritually weak. I must not be in the Lord like at, at the level or the, what I desire to be in. So, so it's just something I've always personally hung on to that the joy of the Lord is your strength. As a matter of fact, Bliss, can I share? Where's Bliss? There you are, of course, right in the middle. Uh, can I share the dream you had? Is that okay? Uh, Bliss had a dream a little while back. He shared it with us this morning, and it was just so exciting. But in the dream, me, him, and Colby were all sitting on a pew wearing, like, khaki jean type. Like, they were just, they were all the same color, brown khaki. We were sitting in here, and he said, "Why in the dream, we're sitting right next to each other, and we are all kind of sitting with our legs stretched out. So if it's from his point of view, you're looking down, you see all three set of legs. And he knew it was me, him, and Colby. And, and uh, when he looked down, all of our pants had dirt all over them. Like they were just really dirty. But we were all sitting in here on a pew, and we were all just laughing, 
laughing the whole time. And uh, of course, he took it to Scott. Scott had some incredible interpretations on it, which thank you for that. And he began, to t- he began to get this interpretation of the dream of the dirt on our pants was just a representation of us out there in the community doing the work. Like, we do come here, we do gather, we do get information, we do get strengthened, but you don't get dirty sitting in here. You see what I'm saying? You don't get no mud in your jeans if you never get out of the prayer closet. Pray without ceasing, but go do something. Go have an impact. Go get some dirt on your pants. You know what I mean? Uh, And so he began to share this and talk about it, and I told him my favorite part of the dream is that we were here and we were laughing. And it made me think, I think it's Psalms uh, chapter 101 maybe where it says, and serve serve the Lord with gladness. I feel like that's so missing in the body of Christ. People are serving, but you can't tell they want to be. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like, where is the serving with gladness? And, and so it was incredible, not only just the unity aspect, us being in the community, working and doing, but doing it with joy. I don't want to lose the joy. We don't have to lose the joy. All right? The joy of the Lord is your strength. All right, we're going to start off in, uh, I'm going to pull a few uh, scriptures. I'm going to advise you if you don't have a Passion Translation Bible or you don't have the Passion Translation on your phone, just jot it down because I'm going to read quite a few from the Passion Translation. It's just the direction it took me. Uh, I apologize for that. Sorry, not sorry. Uh, But we're going to start not in that one. Ephesians chapter 6. This is a scripture that Dad actually went over this morning, and while he was reading, I switched over my phone, read it in the Passion Translation, and it just blew up in my face. Uh, So I had to share it with you tonight. Uh, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. This is right before Paul goes into having done all to stand, stand, putting on the whole armor of God. It says, Now, my beloved ones, I have saved these most important truths for last. Be supernaturally infused with strength through your life union with the Lord Jesus. Stand victorious with the force of his explosive power flowing in and through you. Isn't that good? Thank you, Dr. Brian Simmons, for translating this so phenomenally. I'm going to read it again. Now, my beloved ones, my friends, I have saved these most important truths for last. Be supernaturally infused with strength through your life union with the Lord Jesus. Stand victorious with the force of his explosive power flowing in and through you. Man, that is so good. Uh, To stick with the fact that I am a teacher and I absolutely love word studies, We're going to read you the definition of strength. This is just straight out of your normal dictionary. Strength is the capacity of an object or substance to withstand great force or pressure. Yeah. The capacity of an object, a substance, a person to withstand great force or pressure. Under that same definition, it gives us another clause that says the emotional or mental qualities necessary in dealing with situations that are distressing and or difficult. So what strength is, is it's the emotional or mental capacity 
that is necessary for an object, substance, or person to withstand the great force or pressure that comes with distressing and or difficult situations. Man. So strength. So tonight we have to take our minds in this moment and realize I am not at any moment going to deal with physical strength because physical strength does you absolute zero good when it comes to the kingdom. Paul said, how does the scripture go? Uh, about training, it's good. You know what I'm talking about. Yes, what is it? Exercise, bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is great gain. I'm so glad you came tonight. That way I would know the Bible. Uh, <laughs> exercise profiteth little, but godliness is great gain. Now, we have to understand here because I'm the one that needs to know. He did say exercise is good. Like, it's okay to exercise. I don't, but it's okay to exercise. All right? But what he's saying is, it doesn't matter how physically strong or in shape you may be. When it comes to the spiritual world, it don't do you any good. So I need you to understand for the rest of the night, we will not deal with physical strength. All right? And I'm even going to show you why this is so important. Ma uh, Matthew chapter 4 and verse 1. I'm also going to read out of the Passion Translation again. This is right after Jesus has been baptized. It says, Afterward, the Holy Spirit led Jesus into the lonely wilderness in order to reveal his strength against the accuser by going through the ordeal of testing. Now, I need you all to look at something real quick. Notice what happens here. You remember in English class when you had to break down the sentence? That was like my favorite thing to do in school. I probably couldn't do it now, but I loved it in school. When you had a little diagram with the line that came down, then a line that came down. Some of y'all are still in school. You're like, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Some of y'all that have been out for a while are like, I don't have a clue what you're talking about. It says, the Holy Spirit led Jesus. All right, let's pay attention to the sentence. The Holy Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness to reveal his strength. Y'all catch it? Who led him? So who was revealing? Whose strength? Is it Jesus' strength? Or did the Holy Spirit lead him there to reveal his strength? Was the Holy Spirit saying, this is how strong you are? Or was he saying, this is how strong I am? Now, I understand this is a struggle, and I struggle with it too, because we're talking about Jesus. Now, if this would have been anybody else in the Bible, it would have had no, I'd have been like, oh, yeah, definitely talking about how strong the Holy Spirit is, not the person. But this, this is, Holy Spirit says, he led him into the wilderness to reveal his strength against the accuser by going through the ordeal of testing. So tonight, I want to talk to you about strength revealed. According to the life of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit only reveals strength in one place. He takes Jesus to the wilderness for a revelation. A revelation, in other words, we have the book of Revelation, right? And it's a revealing of Jesus Christ. So in your life, you have the book of the wilderness. And that wilderness 
is the revelation of strength. When, we, when the Holy Spirit leads us into a wilderness, it's to reveal strength. Let me put it this way. Maybe it's to reveal what strength you're using. Let's move forward. It says, verse 2, And after fasting 40 days, Jesus was extremely weak and famished. And then the tempter came to entice him. You know, the tempter didn't even come while he was physically able. He didn't even show up while he... In other words, this story is painting a picture that this isn't about your physical ability. This has nothing to do with your mental... uh, Whatever the word I need to put right there. In other words, it doesn't matter your willpower. This isn't a story about willpower. This is a story about the Holy Spirit revealing His strength as it relates to the accuser. So Jesus is completely weak, famished, He is physically and mentally exhausted. In his natural state, he has absolutely nothing left to give. How many have ever fasted 40 days? Don't raise your hand. Because if you raise your hand, then it's going to create a, a, what do you call that? A comparison race in here. I've never fasted 40 days. I'm just going to be honest. But one time I fasted three days, and I thought I was going to die. I thought, this is it. This is how God's taking me home. He called me to fast for three days, and this is it. It's been a good run, but this is it. Sometimes I feel that way when I fast till lunch. I'm just being real. So why am I bringing that up? Let's read this again. Jesus fasted 40 days. 40 days. I need you to wrap your mind around the physical state that he would be in after 40 days with zero sustenance. Now, it's easy to say, well, he's Jesus. Well, then why did the Holy Spirit show up? Why did the angels come rushing in the end and minister him? Why, Why did all this, if he was Jesus and it didn't bother him? No, it did bother him. He was depleted. He had nothing left to give. He was completely famished and without power. So the ordeal of testing was to reveal something. What strength are you in? We know at this moment he couldn't be in his own strength. He had none. So the Holy Spirit had to bring him into a place of ridding him of his own physical strength. Jesus... Let's not forget who we're talking about. He ridded Jesus of his own physical strength in order to reveal his strength. Almost as if to say, if you won't let me deplete your strength, you'll never know my strength. If you don't let me rid you of your strength, I can't display my own strength. So he begins revealing a strength through the ordeal of testing. So I want to pull some scriptures in that dad used this morning and show you the process of this revealing that we're talking about. So let's go to where dad hung out a lot this morning, Luke chapter 11, verse 21 and 22. You can go there in your Bibles. Luke chapter 11. 
when I was looking into this and reading this, uh, I felt like the Holy Spirit just made the statement of, this is, a, this is a revelatory scripture. And of course, my response was, the whole Bible is a revelatory scripture. You know what I mean? Like, I appreciate that, Holy Spirit, but I, I think I got that much. And he began to speak to me about the difference in revelatory scriptures. This was just an incredible, cl- I don't know if you've ever sat through a class that the Holy Spirit was teaching you, but they're amazing. And he began to show me that there's scriptures that the application of the scripture is revealing. Therefore, the revelatory nature of the scripture is that when you apply it, it reveals something to you. So the scriptures we're about to read are those kinds of scriptures. Luke chapter 11, verse 21 and 22 says, When a strong man, fully armed, guards his own palace, his goods are in place. There, another translation says, he is undisturbed. But when a stronger than he comes upon him and overcomes him, he takes from him all his armor in which he has trusted and, in divided, and divides his spoils. Jesus right here is using a profound truth to show you how to deal with your enemy. But a profound truth is also truth. Uh, I'm going to use this terminology. I don't know if it's exactly right. But a profound truth is also truth in reverse. So in other words, he's using it to tell me about Satan, the devil, the enemy. But the principle is true no matter who it's about. Right? So we always attach this understanding to Satan which is reasonable because that's how he's teaching it. But it's also truth if I'm the strong man. If in the scripture I'm the strong man, then I can say when I am fully armed, and a, when I am a strong man and I'm fully armed and I'm guarding my palace, my goods are in peace. You see what I'm saying? Now the other part has to remain true as well. If someone stronger comes to my palace, right, then he has the possibility. But what I want to deal with is just 21 right now because I want us to begin to understand the the mindset that if I'm the strong man, we learned this morning it's in Christ Jesus. I don't want to have to reteach his message. I just need you to roll with me tonight, okay? If I am the strong man in the scripture and I am armed and guarding my palace, then I am at peace and my goods are undisturbed. Okay? Now I need you to hold on to that for where we're about to go. I'm trying to keep up with my notes here. The strong man is at peace when he's fully armed and he's guarding what he has. When I went into prayer that morning, on Wednesday morning, the Holy Spirit just totally caught me off guard, began to speak to me. I want to show you what he told me. It actually started, this is going to sound funny, uh, it actually started, I read a quote, I believe on Facebook or something, and I believe the quote was actually about a Marine. I think that's the way this, I don't know who said it. But I'm pretty sure it was about Marines. But the quote was, he keeps the wolf at bay, leading many to believe that there is no wolf. So in other words, 
the military does so good at keeping the enemy out, it's easy for us to sit back and start thinking, maybe there's not an enemy. Because you're not the one keeping the enemy at bay. We feel like, man, there's just so much peace right now. But go talk to someone who's in the trenches and see how much peace they think there is. So the quote was incredible. And when I walked in, he began to speak to me. And he began to tell me that strength in and of itself is a deterrent. He, he began to show it to me in the idea of like light is a deterrent to a criminal, strength is the same thing. In other words, why would you keep outside lights on at your house when you're sleeping inside at night? The outside lights are not for you. The outside lights are deterrents for someone that would want to come in and take something that belonged to you, right? He began to show me strength is the same way. Strength is a deterrent that will cause the enemy to think twice before stepping into certain areas. Let me show you how he began to explain it to me. Because when he started speaking, I just started asking, God, make this plain. Show me what this means. So he began to speak to me as it relates to the nation that we live in. And he began to tell me that most nations don't attack America. And it's not because they love us. All right? It's because they're scared of us. You feel me? They're not stirring up wars and shooting stuff at the United States because they know what would happen. Right? So he began to speak to me of the strength in and of itself becomes a deterrent. As I begin sharing some of this and talking to dad about it, he sent me a quote. I don't even know. How'd you even come across this? Do you know? <laughs> he sent me a short quote. And when I began to search it out, I realized that it was a quote from President Ronald Reagan in 1983 in an address to the nation on defense and national security. It's an incredible speech. I went and watched the whole thing. I love this kind of stuff. In the speech, he says this. The defense policy of the United States is based on a simple premise. We maintain our strength in order to deter and defend against aggression. To preserve freedom and peace. Strength in and of itself deters aggression and preserves peace. So he began to speak to me about our strength. Another quote that I recently come across, some of you may have seen it, said, just, become, just because someone carries it well doesn't mean it isn't heavy. What happens a lot of time is in a church group, church family, we may look at someone who's carrying it well and be tempted to say, they must not be going through what I'm going through. It just is what it is. They must not be dealing with what I'm dealing with. 
But let me show you to you as it relates to strength. If me and Colby were to both get on a bench press, right? And I got under 300 pounds and thought I was about to lift. Can you lift 300 pounds? All right, we'll say 285. 295, make you feel better. If I got under 295 and I thought, I'm about to bench this out. Here we go. And when I unracked it and it got through cutting me in half, because that's what it would do, you know what I mean? And then Colby gets on the same bench and unracks 295 and pushes one out. It would be ignorant for me to say, well, he's not lifting as much as I am. The only difference is the strength. Hold on. The only difference is the, the object's ability to withstand the force or the pressure that's coming down on it. The strength is the only difference. So we have to be very careful because we'll look at pastor and say, oh, well, he ain't dealing with what I'm dealing with. No, 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 no. See, you, you missed it. He's carrying weight too, but he's been working out. Uh, come on now. We're going to keep it simple. We're going to keep it simple. There's wolves in his life too, but his strength keeps them at bay. So because his strength is keeping them at bay, you think he ain't got no wolves in his life. No, 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 no. He's got wolves. They just know how strong he is. It reminds me, there were some guys one time who didn't understand this concept. I think it was seven of them. They didn't understand the concept of strength. So they just jumped in the ring with some legit dudes. I'm trying to keep this super simple. Some of you are already catching on to the story. And said, based on what Paul was doing, I'm going to cast you out. And that demon said, ha, you think you are. He said, look, Paul, I, or he said, Jesus, I know. I love the translation here. He says, Jesus, I know, and Paul, I recognize, but who you think you are? Then the demons jump on them, whip them, strip them, and send them on the street. You know why? They didn't understand strength. They thought, well, Paul's doing it. Paul don't seem to be having no trouble. You know why? Paul been working out. Paul's been putting in some time. Paul's been getting closer. It's no longer Paul who lived, but it was Christ that lived within him. And because of the strength that was in him, he could lift some things that they couldn't lift. So be very careful. That you don't sit on the outside and say, well, they ain't got the wolves I got. They ain't got the pressure I got. <laughs> Pull that one back in. <laughs> that one almost came out. You know what I'm saying? And, and so what we do is we stand back and think, well, they're just not going through what I'm going through. No, let me help you, sister. We all going through it. We all got it in our lives. But some of us been in the gym. I, I need to bring this out without sounding arrogant or like I'm somebody or any of us leaders are. But you don't get strong without going to the gym. And you can't expect to lift what I lift if you don't put in the time that I put in. So be careful that you don't step back and judge someone else's what you consider lack of pressure when in reality the only reason they're not buckling under pressure is because they're strong enough to hold the pressure. He said, the strength in and of itself is a deterrent. 
The strength in and of itself is the protection. The strength in and of itself will keep you from buckling under the pressure that's going to come. Because the pressure is coming. Whether you're ready for it or not, it's coming. But sometimes when someone is spiritually strong, you might want to think they're not experiencing it. They're not going through what I'm going through. Because I have, to, I have to believe, if you would have gotten to be a bystander of the altercation that was taking place between Jesus and Satan in the wilderness, Jesus would have appeared so much more dominant that you would have thought the pressure wasn't as great on him. You would have thought, well, he's probably... He hadn't ate in 40 days. He was completely depleted. But standing on the outside, it would be easy to say, well, I mean, he's not under the attack that I'm under. He's not dealing. No, 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 no. See, the, th- the difference was it was the strength that was being revealed in him that caused him to be so dominant when he was physically exhausted, physically depleted, had nothing left. If we would have seen him walking out of the wilderness, it would have been tempting to say, well, he hasn't been through what I've been through. But you didn't see what he went through in the wilderness. All we seen was him coming out of the wilderness, or according to Song of Solomon, we seen him coming out leaning on the beloved. What did that mean? He walked into the wilderness under his own physical strength, but he had to walk out of the wilderness in the power of the Spirit. That was the difference. That's what happens in this moment. It revealed to him that he may have went in under the power of him, but you're only coming out under the power, the strength of the Holy Spirit. Who is that, Song of Solomon says, that I see coming out of the wilderness, leaning, leaning on the beloved, leaning on the strength of the beloved. So these scriptures become revealing scriptures when you take Luke 11 and you mix it with Matthew 4 and Luke 4 where you see, he says, a strong man is at peace and then you see the situation that Jesus is going through. When you marry these two things together, you understand there's a revealing in the moment of who's the strong man. That's what this whole thing is about. Satan's in one corner. Jesus is in the other. And the revealing is, who's the strong man? Because it says the strong man who is armed and on guard, he is at peace. He doesn't struggle with it. He doesn't fight with it. He's not having to deal with that. He's at peace in this strength. It's the strong man who's at peace. So this becomes revealing. In this same address to the nation, President Ronald Reagan makes the statement that says weakness invites aggression. Weakness invites aggression. When I begin to look at this, I begin to think, yeah, but even when you're strong, Satan's still coming. Like he's still shooting some stuff. The difference is when you're spiritually strong, that's what he's doing. He's shooting some stuff. He's standing out here shooting way over there saying maybe one of them will get in. But let yourself get weak. 
and all of a sudden it goes from shooting the things to aggression. How many of you, if you were honest, can say you felt the moment when it went from a little bit of a temptation to an aggression? Like, he's coming in now. Dad made the statement this morning, it's like when you fall, he starts kicking. It's one of those moments he knew. Even look at the situation where he, run, he comes to Jesus. It says, when Jesus was exhausted and famished, then the accuser showed up. He's just an opportunist. He's an incredible opportunist. And when he sees you get a little bit weak, he's coming. He's turning the heat up. He's becoming aggressive. I, uh, Stephen is obsessed with animals. Like, we watch animal stuff all the time. Uh, and he knows way more than me about animals. So we watch things a lot. And for the sake of not being too obvious from things that you've always heard, we know the scripture says that Satan is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And in watching one of these programs on Animal Planet with Stephen, they were doing a whole story on just a certain set of lions. And in watching these lions, as bad as these lions are, like when I think of a lion, I mean, I'm thinking like, you rule. Like, if you want it, go get it, kill it, eat it. It's yours. You know what I mean? Like, there's nothing anyone can do about it. But that's not how lions operate. What I also found out was the, wi- the, the wives, <laughs> I don't know if it works like that, the female lions actually do all the hunting, which I'm for. I like this idea. I'm just saying. I love you, babe. Uh, but when I was watching this, they would go out into a hunt and begin to chase this herd. And when they're first going at it, it's like they're just moving around watching it. And they may even jump at a few different ones, watching every now and then. But if one falls down, all of a sudden it's like a frenzy. And more than one will come. And all of a sudden, all the, in all of this chaos, all of the attention goes to the one that fell down. And here they come. The aggression becomes like you can't even imagine. It's kind of like we, you've heard the terminology of uh, a shark when it smells blood in the water. All of a sudden it just, and it becomes so aggressive. And I could just see this in the nature of our enemy. He, he knew what he was talking about when he called him. He's like a roaring lion. Because the moment you start letting yourself get weak, the aggression just starts coming. He starts bringing everything he's got. He come at Jesus with everything he had when Jesus was physically at the lowest he could be. And Jesus still whipped his tail. I love this idea that Jesus does this with zero physical strength. Can you wrap your mind around that? He has nothing left to give physically, nothing left to give mentally, and leans on the beloved, leans on the Holy Spirit, and when he reveals his strength, he comes out dominant. The wilderness is revealing what strength I'm using. What strength am I leaning on? The wilderness, Jesus led into the wilderness to reveal strength. To reveal the strength that he was going to rely on for the rest of his life. This was that moment in Jesus' life where he got to realize, this is the strength I'll use from now on. 
you notice we don't see Satan come back like he did in the, in the wilderness? You ever notice that? Am I saying Satan never tried? He may have. We don't get that detail in the Bible. But what happened in the wilderness never happens again. Why? I believe the strength that was revealed became a deterrent. It actually says, it actually says that Satan couldn't find anything in him. That's what the scripture says. Satan, there was nothing in him for Satan to attach to. Once that strength was revealed, Satan realized, I have nothing I can attach to. So he went after the 12 that were around Jesus and tried to drive Jesus completely crazy. You see what I'm saying? He began to, in the moment of strength being revealed, I believe it became, it became the, the revealing of a capacity to withstand such great force. And Satan knew, I can't come up with enough force to get past that strength. I can't come up with enough force or pressure to move beyond the strength that was revealed in the wilderness. I feel like in so many cases, the Holy Spirit pulls us into the wilderness because He wants to reveal His strength. But because we keep being determined to rely on our own strength, we leave the wilderness under the same strength we went in. We don't come out leaning on the Beloved. We don't, like Jacob, come out limping because we had an encounter with something so much greater. Instead, we keep figuring it out for ourselves. We keep coming up with plan B and doing something to get out and figuring out a way instead of letting ourselves be completely depleted to nothing and trusting that the Holy Spirit's going to walk us out of that. It was the strength that was revealed in his wilderness, I believe, that became the standard that was raised up against the enemy. The Bible says he will raise up a standard. I believe that standard is an inner strength that says you can't bring enough pressure. You can't bring enough pressure to get past this strength. And it becomes a deterrent. It becomes the same thing we're living in right now. We get to get up every day. No one got up this morning, at least I hope you didn't. I hope you're not this paranoid. No one got up today scared that some war is about to break out right here and we're going to become slaves. No one did. Not because of anything you did, but because we know there's a strength. And that strength is keeping us at peace. It's the same thing in our lives. There's a strength that becomes a deterrent in your life. That imagine if when the enemy got ready to come at you. Imagine if he had to stop and consider if it was worth it. Remember, uh, Jesus does the parable of no man goes to war without first sending out, seeing what it's going to cost him. Is he going to lose a lot? Is he going to... Well, once again, if that truth works in that application, then it has to work in another. So if that's true, then does Satan ever stop and think, man, I don't know if going after bliss would be even worth it because, I mean, there's a good chance he turns on me and I get cast out. You see what I'm saying? Does he ever have to stop and think, yeah, but they're so strong? Or 
let's take it back to this point of view. Does he ever have to go back to his strategic meeting? I don't know if they have meetings, but we're going there, okay? Call all his little guys together and say, all right, now listen, that used to work. Used to, I could get Taylor to throw a cuss fit. That just seems funny, don't it? But Taylor has been working out. We're just going to keep this super simple. Taylor has been growing in such a strength, guys. If we bring that at her now, that strength is going to shut that down in a heartbeat. Let's reconfigure here and see if we have something in our arsenal that's a lot bigger than what we used to come at her with. Or does Satan just sit back with his feet propped up saying, just send the same old thing. They're going to trip up. They're going to fall. They're going to throw it. They're going to walk away. They're going to quit. They're going to just throw that normal thing we always throw out there. Just roll that little old stumbling block out there. They'll trip over it and cuss everybody out and kick the dog and leave their wife. And it's so, We've made it so easy for him. Our, our weakness has caused him to, I, I believe he's bored with it. I mean, he's been fighting some legit people for years I believe he's bored with the church. It's in our strength. What if we were continually growing in strength so fast and so much that he was continually caught off guard by what we were able to do? What if he didn't have an answer? What if we were strong enough that he didn't know what to come at me with? Like when he went after Jesus and was like, I, I, I don't have anything to grab a hold to. I, I can't grab a hold to a bad attitude. I, I can't grab a hold to rudeness. I can't grab a hold to, I, I, I can't get anything on them. They're too strong. They're too strong. I want to live in a strength by the Holy Spirit that becomes the deterrent in my life. I recently had, I believe, the enemy shift gears and re-strategize in my own life and was able to knock me off course for a short period of time. And because he knew he couldn't come at me with the old sins and the, the things that used to so just mess me up, he knew he's too strong. I'm not going to be able to get those. So, so when God blessed me with something, he come in and said, I'm going to use his own ambition to pull him just off course enough. Because if I just show him and say, hey, drink this, he's going to be like, no. You know what I mean? Or, or whatever your thing may be. But he knew if he could get in my ambition and my desire to be excellent and take the focus in the wrong, it would pull me out of the game. And it pulled me off course for a little while. But thank God for family and for a spiritual father who's able to notice when I'm weak and say, this ain't like you. This isn't like you. I want to wrap up with this. While preparing for this, I came across a scripture and I couldn't get away from it. Uh... And I, I feel like I may be pulling it out of context in a sense as of, as of what it means in the story. But in Judges chapter 8, uh, there's a situation where um, 
Wow, name just left me now. I want to say it's uh, Gideon. Where Gideon is just after he, you know, we know the famous part of Gideon where he takes the 300 and does that. But then he goes on a, he just starts conquering everything and everybody. Well, in chapter 8, it comes to this situation where they, some kings have killed uh, maybe some of his brothers. And he's in this conversation. He's caught up with the kings and they're standing there. And at first he tells his son to kill the kings. And his son can't do it. He's too scared. He's too young. And so the kings look at Gideon and say, you raise up and kill us. For as the man is, so is his strength. And this just kept ringing in me. Every time I would go into prayer and I couldn't figure it out, I tried reading some commentaries and getting some other people, and nothing was just sticking there. And I kept that, that phrase, as the man is, so is his strength. As the man is, so is his strength. And it just kept going over in my spirit. And then in prayer, he connected it for me personally to another scripture, which is 3 John 1 and 2, where it says, he says, I pray that you would prosper even as your soul prospers. In other words, a lot of times we prosper in the natural, but not in our character. and our, our, We don't prosper mentally and emotionally and all these kinds of things. And he began to, in some way, marry these two things together. That for as a man is, so is his strength. And the idea of prospering even as my soul prospers. And because your soul is your mind, your will, your emotions, all this stuff, it made me think of the definition of strength which is the emotional or mental qualities necessary in dealing with situations that are distressing and or difficult. So what does that mean? As you grow in an inner strength, I pray that that inner strength causes you to prosper and to do well. And it kept bringing me back to Judges chapter 8. For as the man is, and then you can even connect to it, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So as the man is, as the man is, are we are we prosperous in an inner strength? Because as you are as a man, that's how your strength is. Is, this, is it connecting for you like it did for me in prayer? As the man is, so is his strength. However you prosper internally is who you are. And who you are is how your strength is. As the man is, so is your strength. It won't do you any good to prosper in every area if internally you're depleted. If internally we have no strength. If spiritually we are weak. We have to come to the place to where we are spiritually strong. I made the statement a while ago of you can't expect to lift what someone else can lift if you haven't put in the time that they've put in to lift it. That being said, when it comes to spiritual strength, there's so much responsibility on us. Your strength is not a result of anyone else. How spiritually strong or spiritually weak you are is a reflection of no one but you. No one but me. I can't blame the fact that I am weak and out of shape physically on my wife. I just need to not be lazy. And when Colby says, hey, do you want to go to the gym? Say yes. And don't go get a honey bun and a Dr. Pepper. 
Maybe if I worked out more, I could eat more honey buns and drink more Dr. Thank you, Holy Spirit. <laughs> but listen, I guess, I guess you got to have some sugar to make the medicine go down. But, but I want us to leave with this, I, this, this thought in your mind. Your spiritual strength is in direct proportion to how well you steward it, how well you maintain it. If, if we choose to invest in and pour all of our resources into us naturally, then naturally we'll be stronger than we are spiritually. You feel me? If, in other words, how much effort, how much time, how much value am I putting on my spiritual strength? Like, is it, is it so valuable that I'm saying, Look, I, I was so busy today, I didn't get to put in the time I want to put in. So tonight, instead of watching that show that we always watch together, I'm going to spiritually strengthen myself. I'm going to take this moment and put, or, or, or even, I'm, I just want to give you some basic, practical things that are for your spirit. One of the things we love to do is we are constantly listening to podcasts people teaching and preaching and pouring the word into us, constantly putting this kind of stuff, feeding that spirit that's in me. Whether we're in the wood shop working, we may have a podcast going or worship music playing or whatever it may be. I know those sound so simple, but they're spiritual. They're doing something to your spirit. And we have to be very careful because it's easy to think that someone's not experiencing the pressure that you're experiencing when in reality it's just that they're stronger because they've been feeding the Spirit. They've been elevating their spirit above their flesh. They've been choosing the spiritual above the natural. You don't just come to an altar and get spiritually strong, and then that's it for the rest of your life. No, you have to maintain this thing. You have to feed this thing. Jesus had an encounter in the wilderness that revealed a certain strength that was within him, and the rest of his time on this earth, we see him constantly stealing away to go maintain and sustain that strength. Maintain and sustain that strength. If we are spiritually weak, it's because we've let ourselves get weak. We didn't maintain it. We didn't keep it in. We didn't put it as priority. Just like your natural body, if you don't keep working it, if you don't keep feeding it, it's going to get weak. It's going to get weak, guys. I don't want you to be weak. I want you to look like that statue of Jesus in Korea, spiritually. I want this church to be strong. I want us to be, I want us to have the capacity to stand up under great pressure and difficult situations. That's what this thing is about. So if it feels like the enemy is coming at you from every side and with lots of aggression, it's a sign that you've gotten weak. Start strengthening yourself. Put yourself around people that strengthen you. Such a bad.
Yes, ma'am. They are spirit and they are life. Let's be a strong church. Listen, last point and I'm done and I'm going to pray. You can't get physically strong if you go to the gym once a week. So don't rely on Sunday morning to determine your strength. It's, it's way, way more than that. It's every day. You've got to be in there working it. You've got to be in there strengthening it. You've got to be under the resistance. And it grows you into that. Father, I thank you for tonight. I thank you for this family. I thank you for what you're doing, where you're taking us. I thank you that you are strengthening your children. You are putting us in the position. You're reminding us. You're awakening us that we are called to be strong, strong in the Lord. So, Father, we ask that you would begin to reveal to us as you lead us into this wilderness, as you lead us into this wilderness to reveal the strength, help us to yield to the Holy Spirit, to deplete us of ourselves and begin to rely totally on the strength that's being revealed in us, the Christ in us, Hope, the hope of glory. Father, we thank you for that. I thank you for every family that's in this room. I thank you for the spirit of family that you allowed to rest in this place tonight. Just the recognition of what you're doing in this family group. And I just declare a strong, healthy family. Individually in each home and here as a corporate body, that it would be a strong, healthy family. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, the whole family said... Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org.